0: Tonight I have another guest, and uh, Joe. I don't think we know each other from Adam, do we? <laughs> no. You, no. When you really get down to it, we yep. we met over the phone.
1: We got, we got mutual friends, and uh, of course, uh, I'm kind of uh, the more you look into it, I'm a little infamous. Sometimes <laughs> it, it, it depends on who you talk to. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure you've talked to people who know
0: who I am, so uh, probably so, probably so. Yeah, yeah. So the reason we got Joel on, and by the way, we're talking with Joel Stewart this evening. Uh, as many of you have done, uh, Joel sent a message into the podcast one day, and next thing I know, I started talking with him and realized that, that uh, Joel had quite the backstory. And honestly, I think we could probably get several episodes out of, <laughs> out of all the things that we just lightly touched on that night, Joe. Why, why don't you go ahead and give everybody maybe a little bit of the background as far as your connection with the CHM, and maybe they can relate a little bit to you then.
1: Well, I, uh, I mean, I, I kind of grew up in the conservative, well, actually not kind of, but I actually do. I grew up in the conservative police movement. Uh, went to an independent conservative holiness church, so they were not associated with any of the denominations, which is kind of unique. There's there's a few of them out there, um, but they uh, they associate with a lot of the the different uh, schools and everything like that. But as far as the denominations, you know, they're
0: that's not something that the CHMs usually yeah. real big on, right? I think the Baptists are pretty hardcore. They they like the independent thing, but the CHM churches, usually they, they join in a group.
1: Well, I, exactly, and I think that that's kind of led to some kind of uh, recent um, attacks on my, my local conservative holiness church, you know, this, the church that I grew up in. So it, they've hmm. kind of been ostracized because of that. So there's, you know, and, you know, it is what it is, but uh, I kind of I, I feel bad for them because they did not associate with some of the, the greater uh, you know, holiness movements. And so there's been a few uh, attacks. And when I, when I went to God's Bible school, uh, I heard a lot of rumors about my church. A lot of people did not like the church that I grew up in just because they, they considered that being kind of uh, rebellious really because yeah yeah see you know that was looked upon as being rebellious because they did not submit to a greater holiness congregation or you know that kind of thing so uh i guess my and i was always called a rebel i guess i kind of grew up in it <laughs> i learned it from somewhere you know <laughs>
0: right uh right
1: so like you know so i i kind of grew up my my Dad's side of the family was conservative holiness. My mom's side of the family grew up kind of Southern Baptist. So, but my my mom's side of the family, my mom was a hairdresser. So I grew up in both worlds and I was always kind of torn between the two. So I, I saw both sides all the time.
0: So your mom was a hairdresser I, while attending the CHM church?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I grew up with that. Yeah, so I was you know i i was stuck right in the middle of that you know my my dad continued going to the church because that's where all his family was right you know and and, you know we went where his family was so yeah i was i was stuck in the middle of that and and, uh you know and i went to the bible school for a while (laughs) and that was tough you know i'd have teachers sit down with me you know and bring up uh, what is it? Second Corinthians chapter eleven, I think it's second. Oh, yeah. I get it mixed yeah. up whether it's first or second. But uh, and you know, a woman should not cut her hair, and they sit there and it, you know. And I'm like 14 years old. Oh boy! And they're trying to, and they're like grilling me on this, you know, how much of a sin this is. Listen, I'm 14 years old, and you're telling me this about my own mother. And yet, I'm supposed to be a child respecting my parents and honoring my father and mother, and then you're trying to tell me not to honor my father and mother because my mu mo- you know, my mother's a hairdresser. You know, it's so much conflicting information coming from spiritual leaders. I don't even know which way is up, which way is down, and I'm a teenager. You automatically, oh. as a teenager, don't know which way is up or down.
0: Oh you know? yeah. yeah. You're, I you're
1: looking for. You're looking for guidance. Guidance at that age, you know. So I mean, I'm just turmoil after turmoil. But that, you know, that wasn't the beginning. We, you know, I, I mentioned to you before. As early as the age of five, you know, we I I was uh, thrown into this spiritual battle, you know, it, and and it it was something that was. You know, the more I, you know, the thing, the way I think about it now, as I'm older, it's surreal Cause it's like how on earth, you know, it's like you're, you're looking at, you're seeing things that nobody else really ever sees. Uh, mm. So to, to kind of, to kind of go back to that, I, I, my parents ended up purchasing this house. It was kind of like an old you know, like barn style house. The rumor was the house was supposed to be a barn and then they ended up turning it into a house. So that's the shape that it was.
0: I see. In what state are we, what state are we in here, Joe? Talking about this.
1: I, I'm in Southern, Southern Michigan.
0: Okay. Okay. You
1: know, so, so yeah, yeah. Southern Michigan. And, uh, so they purchased this house and, and it was, really inexpensive i mean they were shocked at how cheap it was they didn't understand why it was so oh no yeah i remember i remember my parents saying man this is a really good deal Oh no! and and (laughs) yeah yeah they didn't you know they didn't understand why yeah they get this house you know and i'm like i don't know one one years old because they were living in a house trailer prior to that and uh so they move in and as i get older they, some strength they started noticing weird things happening in this house and uh so you know like they would see like uh, shadowy figures from behind the couch where the couch was pop up you know in uh, and, and the best way to describe it, because I remember these. I was five years old when I w- was there, but like I remember seeing it myself. Did you ever see the movie Ghost?
0: Uh, With Patrick Swayze? Yes, yes, I have. It's been a long time. Okay, long, but I have. you see, you
1: see that uh, portion where the demons come and take that bad guy?
0: Oh yeah. Like
1: basically, like drag him to hell. Yep. Those demons are so accurate. Of course, it's 1980s, so it's not like spot on. But that is probably the most accurate representation of of demons I've ever seen than actual seeing it myself. Really, that that right there is you know I can't watch the movie
0: because
1: mm. it's so. That, that's what I saw.
0: Now, you when you said that you're seeing this, was the whole family seeing this or just you at this point?
1: Oh, I was not the only one. No. You know, so if it was just me, I would have said, OK, so it's sleep paralysis, you know, mm-hmm. I because when I was in my 20s, I, I went into this agnostic atheist period, you know, because I grew up in the CHM, you know, everybody right. who like leaves <laughs> the CHM and wants to walk away, they go through that period where they got to question everything. A lot of people and if you there. don't, you know, if you don't, then you probably never really come back, you know. It it's like you gotta have you gotta have that questioning period where you really look at scripture and examine it and try to find the facts and the truth. Right. That, so when I was going through that, I was like, Oh no, that was just sleep paralysis as a kid. And then I was like, Well, wait a minute, why on earth would my parents see the same thing I'm seeing? Mm. You know, why That's would they point. have the exact same you know, why would they have the same experience That wouldn't make sense.
0: So once you all moved into this house how long after you moved? Because you said you were you were one when you moved in, right? Mm-hmm. How long after you guys moved in did your parents start uh, noticing this stuff? Was it immediate, or did it take a little while?
1: But I, from what I know of the story, and I'd have to talk to my mom again, but I'm pretty sure it was immediate. But it just kept getting worse. Mm. It kept getting worse, you know, because we were, you know, at the time I didn't know this when I was younger, but my dad was going through some real spiritual struggles so my dad was a biker um, but he grew up conservative holiness too you know this is this is i mean the family tradition in the conservative holiness movement goes back a couple generations
0: i see you
1: know you know so my my great-grandparents were in it um so he grew up in this he went to the bible school of my church you know, and and he went through all of that, had, you know, all of the battles over short sleeves, jewelry, all of that stuff. Every Everything that everybody in the conservative <laughs> <all his> movement has <laughs> gone through. Those are the struggles.
0: Yeah, he'd been there. You
1: know, it, my, you know my, my dad always said, my dad had a terrible fear of needles. Even though he was a biker, you know, usually bikers get tattoos. Yep. He was terrified of needles, so he never got tattoos. But he said, if I could ever get over that fear of needles, I'd get nipples tattooed on my elbows. <laughs> just so like just so I could have a reason to wear those long sleeves, you know. <laughs> you know, that was his that was always his joke because he never he never understood why on earth are elbows considered sexy. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Right. You know. So that was always his. That was always his thing. I like it. You know, I almost thought about just getting it done just in honor of him and that kind of thing. You know, yeah. I, I thought about that.
0: I would love to be there for that conversation with the tattoo artist. <laughs> you
1: know, it's like, why? On earth? Like you, get, well, you know what? There, there actually are tattoo artists out there who who practice making lifelike, lifelike nipples for women who have had have breast removal. So that's uh, a real okay. thing. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, that's you know, cuz I I can't imagine what that's like having to go through that. So, sure. there's actually tattoo artists that do that. So, I thought about like getting some legit like real life like ones done, you know. <laughs> just, just so that they could get the practice and I could you know, that yeah. that would be kind of funny. That would be. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. going back to the to the house, so then obviously when i got older you know four or five years old i'm probably recognizing more of the stuff that's happening just because my age i'm a little more aware and i start noticing uh i'd be asleep i wake i'd wake up in the middle of the night sweating and i'd look at the end of my bed and i'd see seven of them standing The end of my bed, one larger one in the middle with three on each side, and that again they've got that same form as what you see in that movie Ghost. It's just a shadow, just a dark shadow with a head and shoulders.
0: So you couldn't make out yeah, like my, features, nothing like that.
1: You could, there was no face, no features. The only time I ever saw anything with any kind of features that I can remember was one time standing in my room and it, and it looked just like uh like an egyptian god the one with the dog face i think it was uh i know exactly what I you're talking about i can't you know yeah. what i'm talking about Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Man, so the one so in the face of a dog yeah and, and what's crazy about that is uh, the pastor at the church that i attend now said that while he was praying and during a revival this was just a you know, ooh, I don't know, a year or so ago, uh, he saw that exact same, that that Egyptian God with the dog face standing right there. And they were trying to pray through in revival. And he saw that standing there and he just started praying even more in Jesus' name, you know, and boom, it went away. And eventually they they had revival, you know, like God came and, and really spoke to him. And they had some breakthroughs, some spiritual breakthroughs.
0: You know, I've I have heard of of that figure before, Joe. and it, it, it's, it's weird that that dog thing keeps coming up. Um, I've heard yeah, of, there was yeah. Cain and actually was at their youth camp. They had an experience, and that was a, a figure that they saw there as well.
1: Well, and see, it doesn't because a lot a lot of people that attend the church that I go to now are former CHM people. Um, you know, and that it, I don't I don't know. I know, here's one thing that I'm convinced of. I'm convinced of that every single attitude, every single action that you have, there's a spiritual aspect behind it. Mm -hmm. So if I'm sitting there and I've got some attitude that I'm superior to you, or, you know, that, that I've got some sort of enlightened idea of the Bible and it makes me better than you, which some people in the conservative holiness movement have that spirit, they have that attitude. Yes. That there is a demonic spirit attached to that. There's, because every single thing, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You know, there's another side to what we're dealing with. That other side, I think, is, is the bigger battle here that a lot of us never see, but I saw when I was just a young kid. You know, and this is not something that was. So back going back to the house, we had this. We heard some stories about the previous owners that the the son was into Wiccanism and and Satan worship, so it might have tied the house or something to it. I see. But mm. another thing to keep in mind is my dad was going through a spiritual battle at the time. My mom was going through spiritual battles at the time. And our church was going through spiritual battles at the time. I, I don't think that spiritual, if you get any kind of view into what's happening spiritually, like what we did, I don't think that it's necessarily associated with a house. Now, there's some stories that go on with this house that it might be, that there might be some so, something to do with the location. I don't know. But, but, Uh, i'll explain that later just remind me if i forget but i i do believe that that when you're going through these battles that that the attitudes that you're seeing there is a demonic spirit a demonic force it's the devil working through these people you know i i uh i've talked with a I've talked with a lot of people, you know, that have went through, like, the abuse that you've talked about, and, and, you know, you often, I've listened to your podcast quite a bit, and you often talk, just focus mostly on the conservative holiness movement. There's other avenues of the holiness movement, and then there's other, you know, conservative groups within the Christian church in America, and and they all have very similar issues that we have in the chl
0: they sure do yes they do
1: you know and, and that is the abuse the physical abuse the sexual abuse the the spiritual abuse you know and and by by uh by talking to people in those other groups you start learning this is not just our one little group this is the this is the christian church in america
0: so this makes me think. Different times when I've sat around and talked about this mm-hmm. stuff with people, we've always, uh, usually, always comes up in the conversation. Who in the world would do that? And if I'm following what you're saying, you're saying that well, there's something a little extra going on. It's not. Well, absolutely, yeah. Obviously, yeah. anybody in the right mind knows it's not natural. But uh, uh, your your uh, persuasion here is that there's, there's definitely something evil that's, that's, uh, that's driving these people.
1: Well, absolutely. I, I, I think once, you know, once you let yourself go outside of, of, uh, that, that relationship with Jesus Christ to where you ended, end up just being a cultural Christian, you know, you, you are Christian by osmosis. You grew up that way. That you are in the position to where you are manipulated by Satan just as much as a, a, what you call a sinner. You know, mm. this is when you are not in an actual relationship with Jesus Christ, you're not going to be under the protection of Jesus Christ. You know, <laughs> so, so, you know, you, you're sitting there, you, you are, are vulnerable all forms of spiritual warfare and and spiritual manipulation, and you will be a tool. So uh, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I I ended up uh, having the wonderful midlife crisis idea of joining the army at 34. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, that was something. But when I was uh, going through basic training, I, I had some, i met some amazing people and, and for them to share their stories with me, I, I feel so privileged, you know, just to hear their stories and then be able to hopefully just be a positive influence on their lives and, and try to not, you know, because we're talking about individuals, two individuals I talked to. One went to a conservative holiness church in Alabama. Pastor sexually molested him, so he wanted nothing to do with church. So when I was in basic training, I did not go to chapel. I I, I had the idea it's like I'm not going to go to chapel. I'll do a Bible study on my own. I'll stay back in the barracks, do a Bible study on my own. And if somebody wants to join me, uh, I'll minister with them. You know, we'll have our own little chapel service. You know, if they don't want to join me, that's fine. I'll just do it on my own. Uh, Because I wanted basic training to not just help me learn how to overcome all of those hardships that you have to deal with, you know, like you you got—it's mostly mental when you're going through that kind of training. It's not just physical, but it's also spirit. You know, it's also spiritual if you let it be. You know, that spiritual aspect can really just uplift you and you get closer to God through all of that hardship. It can be a beautiful experience. And that's what I wanted it to be, and I had these people there noticing. I'm reading my Bible, and they start asking questions. Why didn't you go to church? I said, Well, you know what? I kind of grew up going. I grew up going to church. That kind of been, that- or that was a <laughs> uh, scary thing for me. Uh-huh. So I want to really grow. So it- it's hard for me to grow when I go to church because. For me, a, a preacher is preaching. I don't really know where he's coming from. And, you know, I went to, I studied to be a pastor. So I'm sitting there criticizing everything the preacher's saying instead of really getting something out of the sermon, you know? Yeah, you kind of got so spoiled. It's on like, exactly, it. mm-hmm. I got spoiled on it. So I'm going to do the Bible study on my own so I can actually get something out of it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, well, that makes sense. And then they start telling me their stories. They tell me they got molested by their pastor. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Mm. Can you imagine? It's like, I, I had some bad things happen to me. Some actual spiritual abuse happened to me growing up. Because I was the demon child from age five. This person got sexually molested by their pastor. You know? I know. I, I can't Im- I can't imagine that.
0: Joel, as, as much as I disagree with so much that I saw uh from my church and uh, and all that when i was growing up i thank god that that i didn't go through what so many others have told me about that, that they went through as kids in the, in uh, in fundamentalism because some of them some of them man, had it so so bad it's p- so
1: prevalent that as i'm sitting there and i'm talking with this individual and they're telling me how they were molested by their pastor another guy in my barracks speaks up and he said, I was molested by my Sunday school teacher Mm. and he went to a conservative Christian church. It was a, it was a Methodist church. He was molested by his Sunday school teacher. That's how prevalent it is. Two people from completely different parts of the United States sit randomly sitting in a room because they wanted to serve their country. And boom, they're right there sitting there met each other over a Bible study.
0: It's almost terrifying sometimes when you think about how prevalent it is. Like it it almost just, it's as much as, I mean, we've been doing this podcast now for almost two years and a good portion of those two years have been discussing the CHM and it's Mm -hmm. still almost at times hard to believe. Like it it just, it doesn't compute. It's like. Well, the
1: the thing that, that I see and I saw at that moment, and the more and more I realized, because I went to God's Bible school and I studied missions and, and, and ministry. That was my two subjects. And I started realizing the Christian church in America is the biggest mission field out there.
0: You ain't kidding. And right there's where we're going to stop with Joel Stewart for this episode. I'm going to break this one into two parts. Joel has a lot of good stuff. That he's already said, and that you all will get to hear on the next episode, which should drop in just a few days. I believe we talk a little bit more about the paranormal activity. If that's just a generic term that I know to call it. <laughs> really, you know, spiritual battles, but I would, uh, I think it should be called. But talk a little bit more about that, some more his views on the CHM and how, um, how he thinks that things should be done differently, and so on and so forth. So if you like this one, be sure and tune in the next episode for uh, part two with Mr. Joel Stewart. I love y'all. I'll see you on the next go-round.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc Crispy Sandwich.